The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool. Joining the conversation at the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review here on the Crude Life Media Network. The Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what you're going to talk about. Now, some of you folks might be tuning in wondering, what happened to coffee and capitalism? Well, this is coffee and capitalism. We've just changed our name, and we've gotten a little bit more broad beyond the coffee and capitalism, so that's why we have the Multimedia Cafe. Hope you folks are okay with the name change. I know we are here at Streamline Things a lot more here at the Multimedia Cafe. Okay, let's take a look at what we've got in store for you today during our Week in Review here at the Multimedia Cafe. Keith Bowden, he's an oil and gas drilling consultant, gives an update from the Haynesville and the Austin Chalk Shale Plays. Also, the energy infrastructure and construction is in a limbo down there because of some political rife. Keith Bowden, right here on the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. And who do we got coming up after Keith Bowden? We've got... Oh, Monty Bessler with the Williston API Chili Cook-Off and Frackinator Consulting. Got a chili cook-off right around the corner, February 9th. We get all the information. Also, talks a little bit about some charitable giving from the oil and gas industry. And Sarah Myrie with the Community Ambulance Service of New Rockford. Now, you folks probably don't know this, but 90, was it 90%, 85%? I haven't checked the numbers recently, but I believe the last one I looked at was a few years ago. And it was something like 87% of all the fire departments in the United States were volunteer. And that's true in a lot of cases with the ambulance services too. You start getting out in rural America, and quite honestly, the police is about the only thing that gets funded when you're talking about emergency services. And many would argue they're underfunded. So when you start thinking about that the fire departments aren't getting any funding, the ambulance services are not getting any funding, that's what we talk about with Sarah Myrie. They've got Giving Hearts Day right around the corner, February 14th. And she talks about the need for an ambulance service in the New Rockford area and some of the challenges they have with their funding. And so February 14th is Giving Hearts Day. It's a very vivacious event as for one full day, people donate to their favorite charities and all kinds of organizations across the upper Midwest raise Millions of dollars, well, thousands each, but in the end of the day, it's like millions of dollars are raised. So, Sarah Myrie coming up just a little bit later on in the program. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Keith Bowden, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. I'll be hell, but I'll follow you. I think you know the way. 
Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation. The Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. All right, coming up next, we have Keith Bowden. He's an oil and gas drilling consultant. Gives us an update what's going on down in the Haynesville and Austin Chalk Shale Plays. My name is Keith Bowden, and I'm working for Concho Oil and Gas. Outstanding, and uh, thank you for joining the program here today. Now, uh, quickly, let's get a nice update on the oil and gas industry. You mentioned it slowed down a little bit there in uh, Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana has some issues issues with all oil and gas industry. Uh, you know, the rest of the country is is, is picking up. Uh, the, the the recent drop in oil prices didn't help anything, but in general, the oil and gas industry is picking up in Texas, uh, Colorado, Oklahoma. Uh, in in uh, in the Dakotas, you know, things are picking up there, but Louisiana is pretty much dead in the water. And one of the main reasons for that is is the the political atmosphere that we're uh, suffering through in in Louisiana right now. Well, I'd like to talk about that in just a minute. Um, and I can understand what you're talking about up in uh, North Dakota, where the Bakken is. Uh, you go across the 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 border to Montana, and there's hardly any drilling at all now. So I, I know exactly what you mean by the political um, sides of things because, you know, an imaginary line can be the difference between whether you drill or not. And I know you guys have some some different um, shale plays down there. What is down? Is it the Haynesville that's down in Louisiana? We have, we have the Haynesville that's up in the, the, the northwest corner yep. of the state. But we also have the Austin Chalk that runs oh. pretty much through the center of the state uh comes in through Texas, uh, right in the basically almost the center of the state, and, and goes across into into Mississippi. That's that's all uh, you know. Plays that can be horizontally drilled. Uh, all of the everything up in the Haynesville are, are, are horizontal wells, and they're mostly gas wells. But the Austin Chalk is a combination of oil and gas. Okay, and then uh, one more update from you before we get into the. Um powder keg of the political issues that are going on um lake charles and just kind of that area there's a lot of infrastructure or there is projected to be a lot of uh, big projects happening down there in that lake charles area in the petrochemical side of the oil and gas industry are you familiar with that at all do you do you uh is that still happening? Is the political side of things up disrupting these these things? I'd imagine it's in the news down there quite a bit as far as when they announced the billion-dollar projects last year. Are those still happening, or is there anything in, to report from there? There's there's some uh, LPG, the liquefied petroleum gas uh, processing and shipping terminals that are being built uh, south of Lake Charles and along the Gulf Coast. Those, those projects seem to be uh progressing as as planned uh but we, we have some of the uh the, the refineries all along the the, the, the uh, south section of louisiana from baton rouge all the way to lake charles and those things are getting caught up in in some in some politics where uh some of the the tax incentives that were promised to, to these companies years ago and have always been part of the uh the, the, the part that attracted some of these businesses to Louisiana, we work with them to give them a tax break while they're 
while, while they were building the plants, when they when they uh, increased the, the the size of the plants, we, we, you know, the Louisiana gave them a tax break. Some of those tax breaks, tax breaks are now being withheld. They're not giving them. And you know, Exxon can can build a plant in Louisiana or it can build it in Texas just as easy. And yeah. you know, they don't need to have it here. And, and that's what the governor doesn't understand. Mr. Keith Bowden, I'll ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Keith Bowden, oil and gas drilling consultant. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. And there was a peach next to a peach, and no, I saw her looking at me. But awake in the morning, there, the all I see. She's smiling back. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. I was tears old when John Lennon died Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye Yeah, next go, I think it's Paul, I see Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. This is the Week in Review, Multimedia Week in Review, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what you're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're going to continue the conversation with Keith Bowden, an oil and gas drilling consultant. This is Keith Bowden. It's interesting, and you brought the refinery part. Up in North Dakota, the same thing. They've gone through, I want to say, close to two years of legal battles just to validate, and they're correct every single time, but the state and the political just hoopla-la that happens is is to I talked to um, William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, uh, about a month ago, and he said the new normal is attorneys when it comes to refineries. He goes, you got to spend a year in court before you can even get to the next next leg of a permit. It sounds like you guys are experiencing that down there too, huh? Well, our our governor, our current governor, is a, a former trial lawyer, and when when he took office, he. Uh, he pretty much unleashed the Trial Lawyers Association on business and industry in Louisiana. And the biggest business and industry in Louisiana at the time was all the gas industry. So, you know, they're, they're having their effects. Uh, you can, you can, you know, I live in South Central Louisiana. We, we, you know, the oil field in general has just gone through three years of one of the, one of the worst uh, busts that the oil field has seen in, in, in recent history. And the oil and gas, the, the, the trial lawyers are still attacking 
the industry. The industry's already down, and they're they're making it worse. And you know, you, you drive along any highway in South Louisiana, or Interstate 10, the the major thoroughfares, where at, you know three, four, five years ago, you used to see help wanted on billboards. You saw billboards all over with with companies advertising that they needed people. They need they were looking for help. Now all you see on billboards these days are, are uh, advertising for for lawyers. And it's 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 a pretty sad situation. Well, and and really, you you're bringing up one of the issues when it comes to what's going on in the oil and oil and gas world right now. Is I I, I know we and, and let's just transition right into your political stuff because I do believe this is part of it. Which is there when when you start involving attorneys and you start involving regulations and politics. It creates uncertainty in the industry. And when you have uncertainty in the industry, people have a hard time investing. Shareholders get nervous. People don't want to necessarily go out and start new major projects in certain shale plays until some of that uncertainty goes away. Um, is, is that kind of a, a central theme down there in Louisiana with what you're talking about with some of the political powder kegs? Absolutely. I mean, you know, nothing happens. And this this is in business in general, not just the oil and gas business, but Nothing happens until the bean counters get to look at everything and, and make a final decision. And if you're going to look at drilling a well in Louisiana, or you can go 50 miles to the west into Texas, and you have uh, you know a, a 30, 40 percent less risk involved in drilling a well in Texas, you're going to drill it in Texas before you before you come into Louisiana. Louisiana is you know we have we have we're fighting the legacy lawsuits. Uh, the, the the severance tax that that uh, operators pay in Texas in Louisiana is twelve point seven percent, where you cross the border into Texas and you're paying three point four percent. You know we have to we have to have a, a, a level playing field to even start attracting our oil and gas uh, companies back. And then you, you know you carry this thing one step further. You can look at 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 uh, you know Toyota or or Ford or carrier air conditioners or, or any of these major corporations that you know if they're, if they're going to consider building a new plant do you think they're going to build it in a plant where the the political atmosphere is sue industry or work with industry to, to attract business i mean you know it's it, we just we're just shooting ourselves in the foot so this 12.7 percent compared to was a 3.4 or something like that, that, that that's correct okay so that's correct is that just is is that like a, a oil gas production extraction tax? Is that kind of the that's idea? Correct. Okay, that's correct. It's a, it's an extraction tax. Anything that's anything that's extracted uh, from from the, the the state of Louisiana, they, they pay a tax per barrel, twelve point seven percent here in Louisiana. They have the same tax in Texas, but they pay three point four percent. Just like the legacy lawsuits, legacy lawsuits are lawsuits that they they can go back and sue the operator. Of a, of a well from today till when it was originally drilled. They can go back and sue for millions of dollars and just sue everybody that had any type of ownership in that well from the time it was drilled to the current day. Keith Bowden is our the, guest. Uh, we're talking about some of the differences, quite honestly, between Louisiana's political climate and neighboring states of Texas and well, Texas is the example we're talking about. Is this the same issue with uh, Arkansas and um, uh, was is there is there? Well, I can't imagine there's much in Mississippi. The Tuscaloosa that's too muddy to frack right now. I mean, you got to get the ninety bucks to frack there. But is there any any activity in Arkansas in terms of 
That's a neighboring state, isn't it? Yeah, Arkansas. You know, Louisiana and Texas are the are the two big producers down here. Right. You're going to have some some uh, you know some drilling in Mississippi, uh, a slight bit in in Alabama, and, and even you know some in Florida. But uh, you know, I'm I'm comparing but, our state, Louisiana, that I, that I'm familiar with to uh, Texas, a neighboring state that has the same type of economy. And and in even Oklahoma, I could imagine could get, could get thrown into the mix because that's just one yes. one more adjacent over. So, well, let's let let, let me ask you in a nutshell what uh, what's the twelve point seven all about? I mean, that's a pretty high tax. Yeah, that's that's just the tax, and you know. It, Twelve point seven. When when oil companies are are, are getting a hundred dollars a barrel, they tend not to not to worry about uh, about a tax like that. But now you, you're talking about uh, forty to fifty dollar a barrel oil, and and every penny counts. You know, and and you know the the difference between twelve point seven and three point four, or or make a an operator decide to drill in Texas over Louisiana all day long. Well, without a doubt. So, what what needs to be done? I mean, how can something like that be lowered? I guess is it is it bro- like in in North Dakota, for example, they've got an extraction tax and then a production tax, and so it's two different taxes that get get melded into one. And so they're at they're at eleven and a half percent, but it's a five and six and a half. Um, so they've, they've got different ways that they can play with different taxes and then they've got a trigger tax on top of that. So, um, how is that 12%, 12 and 12 point, actually 13%, 12.7%. Is that just a, goes into the general fund or is that going to different places? Just, it's, it's, it's a pretty high tax is what I'm getting at. That's Louisiana, Louisiana is, uh, a funding project. There's there's a lot of dedicated funding that, that uh, there's really no way to change unless you change it through a constitutional convention. But the the severance tax, uh, you know, it goes into the general fund and then it's allocated from there to to the different the different uh, budget budgetary needs. The uh, the, the the tax uh, it would it, it can be lowered. With, you know, just with a constitutional, with, with a not a constitutional convention. I'm sorry, but just with a uh, a bill through the through the legislature. Sure. Uh, and, and it, you know, they, but Louisiana doesn't doesn't have enough business people, and especially oil people in the legislature right now. And that's one of the main reasons I'm running. We need a voice to to protect the the business and the industry and especially the oil and gas industry in the in the in the legislature in, in louisiana and that was keith bowden oil and gas drilling consultant to listen to the full-length interview or check out other exclusive interviews visit the crudelife.com that's the crudelife.com the multimedia cafe we can review is part of the crude life media network for more information on the multimedia cafe visit the crudelife.com that's the crudelife.com My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Well, Gandhi says an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. I 
was born, their harvest moon. And I wasn't too late and I wasn't too soon. And I was born on the first day of my life. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to The Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Well, I've told the truth. Yeah, you know that I've lied. You know we do what we do so we can survive. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. Coming up next, we're talking with Monty Bessler. He's with Frackinator, but also with API Williston. And that's what we're going to talk to him about is the chili cook-off happening February 9th, right around the corner. It's a big one. It's one of the bigger chili cook-offs in the upper Midwest. This is Monty Bessler with the API Chili Cook-Off. Um, helping them out with land lease uh, information, um, stuff that doesn't happen in every state. And I think North Dakota has been leading the way for a few years now, for certain, in that regard, uh, and should be celebrated. Uh, you know, and you, what you were talking about before, the, the damned if you do, damned if you don't, it's, it's interesting because if you look at the API chapters, for instance, that we're talking about here for the chili cook-off, the gumbo cook-off, they're actually expressly forbidden by their, by their uh, bylaws uh, that come down from the parent API organization from lobbying in any way, shape or form. Uh, (laughs) Yet they, you know, they could be accused of it. Really? Yeah. It's written right in the bylaws. I actually had to enforce that a couple times when I was a, a past uh, president of the API chapter here. Uh, so. Well, let's talk about that cook-off one more time. Let's kind of give people a little bit of a summary and um, 
what to expect, that sort of thing. So uh, is there is there uh, any prizes or raffles or, or um, if you're a cooker, do you, you know, do you, in addition to the trophy, do you get bragging rights or just kind of g- g- give us a an overview? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, there's, there is, uh, you know, the, the trophies uh, um, are nice trophies and, and uh, but there are uh, small, uh, there's door prizes given away to everybody. You know, everybody qualifies, including the team members. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned before, at every booth, they have games, which some of those prizes are, are awesome. I mean, like um, big coolers and, and heck, fire, uh, you know, rifles. And some of the some of the raffles are, are unbelievable. Uh, you know, I won a, about an $1,100 bison football tailgating set up awesome uh so I, one year and i uh there's a there's a raffle uh um, ahead of time for several prizes which again are, are quite nice usually involving you know like half a beef or tvs or any number of different things uh, so yeah there's there's certainly uh, one of the things that, that you know because it's a pretty big event and there's also adult beverages involved it is limited to 21 and older uh, so you know we don't we used to have children there but that became impractical at some point when uh, when the venues set up their own bars in there we, we no longer could do that unfortunately <laughs> I love it that's but, yeah, well, and, and I'll I'll just say the chili cook-off is is got a legendary reputation in the state, right? That's well, a, you know, it's very well known. When I was when I was chairman or, or president of the ABI, I actually got a a team from Seattle that had heard about it and wanted to come out and, and <laughs> be in the event, and they did. Unfortunately, they expected to win, and, and so they didn't come back because they didn't win. But they didn't realize, I don't think, at what level of a charity event it was, rather than a official chili cook-off competition. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, have you got a website or a Facebook page, anything like that? Well, you can go to Williston Basin API and just Google that, and you'll come up with a, the Williston Basin API chapter webpage. And on that page, it will you can select the links that'll direct you to information about the chili cook-off uh, donations if you wish to uh, we take all kinds of donations and we acknowledge our donors all the way from 100 on up uh, you know in uh, classes of bronze silver gold diamond platinum and black gold depending on the level of the of the donations and then we we take uh, gifts as well to give away as door prizes uh, and those you know, we try to value them appropriately and, and acknowledge them on, and uh, dollar-wise to get them a level of, of recognition for their if they donate a very nice prize. So, um, yeah, it's there's a, it, uh, and then later on in the evening, uh, we have Slam Obama, who's a fantastic band, music, dance band, uh, goes on until about eleven thirty. Uh, it's uh, it's a packed event. If you come there, you can expect to be in a line to get in, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's quite it's quite the fun deal. It's like you say, it's 
pretty well known, and the waiting list to get in as a team is sometimes years waiting unless you can find somebody who will co-op with you on a on a site because there's a limited number of spots. And so it, it's very, very well-known and popular event. It's like Green Bay Packer tickets. Someone's got to die before you can get in there. Jeez. <laughs> That, that was the joke for a long time. That's, so. And we're talking about the uh, 38th annual API Williston ch- uh, Chili Cook-Off ha- happening in the Grand Williston, February 9th, 2019. Doors open at 3 p.m. Chili is served at 5 p.m. And go ahead and mention a few of your sponsors, maybe some of the big big ticket sponsors that um, – you know, pay to get their name out there and, and uh, let people know that they're a part of that. Do you have any of the big sponsors this year? Uh, well, we have a lot of the usual ones. A lot of them are the team sponsors like J-Mac and Halliburton and Slumberjay and MDU, just to name a few. Um, but it's all, a lot of them are the same ones, <laughs> just like we mentioned, to get in. But once they get a spot, Baker is another one. Um, it's hard to, to get them out unless you can you can work out a deal to co-sponsor a spot with them, <laughs> and that's happened a lot because we, we love it when we get more more companies involved. It's just more money for the charities and and uh, donations that uh, the API gives out, and they get a little recognition for it. All right, well, thank you, sir. Appreciate the time today, and it looks like we'll be seeing you February 9th. At uh, three o'clock at the Grand Williston for the 38th annual cook-off. Do we leave anything out? Oh, um, there's some. If, if you really want to see some fun things, get there early and before the food served because it's usually from about three on, maybe even uh, a little bit earlier than that. Actually, when the teams get there, but they have a lot of games that the uh, the team members participate in out on the on the floor there that are, are somewhat entertaining. Well, to say the least. since you brought it up, I, I didn't want to ask, but I will now. What time do you guys let teams start setting up? Well, they usually start coming in and, you know, about daybreak, actually. Because people, it, it's so, you know, it's such a big event. People ought, ought to come in and, and get a room the night before and then start. Because when you start, when you see, again, there's, a, there's also a best booth competition. And I mean to tell you, some of the uh, the booths that are built there are out of this world. I mean, it you know, it takes all of you know six seven hours just to put them together. Well, I, you know, and, I've been I've been told you know Slamabama is good and everything, but the real entertainment's between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. when the teams are setting up and and starting to maybe have a little you know a little festivity going you know a little competition oh, yeah. that sort of thing and then and the people aren't little, there yet little. so their manners aren't 100 percent yet yeah there's a, there's a lot of inter-team banter and stuff going on early on when they're cooking their food and setting up their booths and everything and uh, prior prior to the official opening of the doors well, yeah, you know that. That's always the fun part. And so if, to be a fly on the wall during that time is always the best. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's good times there. But, well, all right, sir, thank you much. And we'll, uh, you know, any of these events you got coming in the future, just shoot me a line and we'll get you on, okay? All right, sounds good. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jason. And that was Monty Bessler with Frackinator Consulting in the Williston API Chili Cook-Off. It's the 38th annual Williston API chili cook-off happening February 9th. 
My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to the Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know let this moment pass welcome back to the multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what you're going to talk about my name is jason Spees. this is the multimedia cafe week in review coming up next sarah myrie community ambulance service of new rockford Sarah Myrie with Community Ambulance Service of New Rockford. And how are you doing today? And let's start off by talking about what exactly it is that you guys do. Well, our ambulance service started in 1971. Um, We serve Eddy County and three townships in our area. We cover up to 800 square miles. Um, We currently have 35 volunteers within our ambulance service. Um, We provide pre-hospital emergency medical services. Um, We also offer training as far as um, monthly trainings for our squad. We offer EMT classes, EMR, NCCR, CPR classes. And um, we're fortunate enough now to be part of the Big Giving Hearts Day on February 14th. Our Our organization was able to participate in this big fundraiser. Talk to me about your history and relationship with Giving Hearts Day. Is this your first year, your second, third, fourth year? How did you guys uh, get involved with it? 
it's our first year. Um, we, I know of other local organizations that have been part of it. So I went ahead and signed up for it and went to the training, to all the trainings for it and stuff. So it's our very first year. So we're feeling very overwhelmed, but they say that's a normal feeling to feel. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's you know uncharted waters that type of thing. Have you been talking to other cities or other organizations or just people that um, you know are helping calm some of those waters? I guess. Yeah, we do. We I have been to multiple trainings in the Fargo Grand Forks area, talking to other nonprofit agencies, um, getting different ideas on how they um, network and outreach to area businesses and. They say that, you know, every year gets better. You know, you build your um, volunteer base and you get your donors. And so the first year is very overwhelming, but the next year after that um, continues to grow. So, yeah, I've been to several several trainings um, in Fargo gearing up and being ready for this day. So Community Ambulance Service of New Rockford, is New Rockford growing like everywhere else in western North Dakota? It is. Um, we cover New Rockford, Cheyenne area. The problem is, is all of our volunteers have been on the squad for 35 years or so. Um, so it's really hard to find new volunteers. Um, everybody's maxed out on volunteering for every organization, it seems like. But um, so we've had to hire um, a few EMTs and a paramedic to cover our service area. So that's why we are looking for donations and raising money to cover these um, costs. So one of the questions I like to ask people is where do the resources go to a general fund or specific needs? It sounds to me like um, you guys do have some specific needs out there, huh? Yeah, we do. Um, we it's it goes into a general fund but um you know we've had managers in the past but you know we cover 24 hours seven days a week and we staff um two emts and one cpr driver at all times hmm. um by state law you're only required to have one driver and one emt but um we never want to throw anybody in the back of a rig um by themselves because we just don't we don't have the call volume like say Bismarck or Fargo does you know yeah I get that um talk to me a little bit about the 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 challenges that you guys have um you've mentioned a few and the the way I want to phrase this is you know when you look at different emergency responders and that type of thing Uh, Take like the police department and generally they're pretty well funded in the grand scheme of emergency services. When you do the flip side of, say, firefighters, where 85 percent of firefighters in America are volunteer. And you just mentioned the word volunteer multiple times. And, you know, you guys are like a community ambulance service. So talk to me a little bit about the funding and some of the challenges and just that whole emergency services industry, because I don't think people understand when you start getting out of cities, it's mostly volunteer. Well, that's correct. Um, You know, we have calls that are 20 miles away from us. Our, our nearest hospital is 15 miles away. Um, one of the biggest challenges this year we were facing is our state funding got cut tremendously. Um, we used to get like $150,000 a year and it went down to like $30,000. Um, and what the state wants us to do is all these little 
um, ambulance services join forces with the hospitals. And that's a huge issue here in the Rockford Cheyenne area because of our, our service area. And if we depended on Carrington Hospital to be there, um, it would take close to an hour. So um, anyways, the state is revisiting all of this because um, if we end up doing that, the, the time response for a real emergency would be the person probably wouldn't survive, especially in a cardiac situation. Um, so it's a real challenge to recruit volunteers. Our funding's being cut. Um, so we're basically trying to survive on our own, and our local area has just been, you know, um, generous and trying to support every way because they know um, it's vital to have in this area you know we have a nursing home here we our population population is elder all elderly mostly um, so you know we get a lot of calls and I just can't imagine having to wait someone calling 911 and having to wait 35 40 minutes for an ambulance that's just too late well think about what your life your situation would be if you had to call 911 and no one showed up. I mean, that's what I tell people. Think about that. I mean, if your child, you know, fell or it was choking or you had a loved one that needed medical services and you had to call 911 and we didn't have an ambulance service. I mean, I think that's just really just hits you right in the heart. You know, I think people need to realize this is a, a vital organization. Um, and if you want to keep services here and provide medical emergency services to your loved ones, we need donations. We need your help, you know. Um, and Giving Hearts Day is the perfect time to donate. I mean, they match funds. It's a 24-hour online. Um, so you don't even have to leave your home. You know, you can go right online and do it. So we're really hoping that um, everybody could step up and, and donate to this great cause. And that was Sarah Myrie with the Community Ambulance Service of New Rockford. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe Week in Review is part of the Crude Life Media Network. For more information on the Multimedia Cafe, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And that's going to do it this week for the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. We'll be back next week at this time at this very radio station. From the staff of the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to save your life and enjoy the spice. Sign on on front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, 
and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 